Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Chiji. Coming up in this edition, countries attending the UN Climate Conference in Dubai have agreed for the first time on a deal to transition away from fossil fuels. The United Nations General Assembly has adopted a resolution calling for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. And lawmakers in Britain have voted in favour of Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's emergency legislation on immigration. We start with the UN Climate Conference in Dubai. COP28 has adopted a new deal calling on all countries to transition away from using fossil fuels. The deal recognises the need for deep, rapid, and sustained reductions of oil, gas, and coal. If humanity is to limit temperature rises to one and a half degrees Celsius, the COP28 president hailed the deal approved by almost 200 countries as an historic package of measures. The climate conference stretched beyond its original schedule after a previous draft that avoided mentioning phasing out fossil fuels caused a rift among delegates. Yasser Hakim reports from Dubai. You've got over 200 countries here, and, and naturally, you cannot get a, a total satisfaction from it. But at least you get a unanimous vote on it, which means that it's a positive way forward. It's in the right direction, like I've been told by several of the officials here.、Uh, it cannot satisfy everyone, but at least there are issues that have been addressed, and and most importantly, obviously, is、uh, tripling the renewable energy production, which will help in reducing. The dependence on fossil fuel. So there has been issues that have been addressed. There is a move forward. Why the COP itself has been extended beyond the deadline? Developed nations have been pushing and lobbying very strongly to put the word phase out. Now it wasn't in the first text,、uh, and oil-producing countries, developing nations, have been trying to avoid using the word phase out. But at the end, the the word transitioning away has been、uh, accepted by both sides. So those who did not want phase out believe that transitioning away from fossil fuels would be a more appropriate term, and those who wanted phase out believe have also agreed that this could be the right direction forward. That was Yasser Hakim reporting from COP28. Now on Israel-Palestine conflict. The United Nations General Assembly has adopted a resolution calling for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. The resolution also demands the immediate and unconditional release of all hostages and ensuring humanitarian access. It says all parties should comply with their obligations under international law. Jody Jacobs says more from the UN headquarters. This latest resolution calls for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas conflict. Applause erupted in the walls of the General Assembly when the result was announced. Several member states co-signed the document, including China. General Assembly President Dennis Francis underscored the urgency to bring an end to the suffering of innocent civilians. This emergency special session has been resumed. We certainly cannot continue in this way without even the possibility, let alone the prospect, for a meaningful solution. As President of the General Assembly, I am committed to supporting any and all efforts to put an end to the bloodshed and the psychological torture of the people in Gaza. 
Egypt, which tabled the resolution, said it was a very simple, clear and explicit text and long overdue, saying the killings need to stop. It says civilian deaths have surpassed 18,000 and the world cannot just watch. In a last-ditch attempt, both the United States and Austria pushed for amendments to the resolution. The United States says while it supported components of the resolution, it insisted that the text include condemnation of Hamas. Israel decried the entire text before the assembly, going as far as calling the United Nations irrelevant. Resolutions by the General Assembly are not legally binding, but they do carry immense moral weight often representing the collective resolve of UN member states. And as the death toll in Gaza rises, so too the calls for an immediate ceasefire. ANWA, the UN's aid agency in Gaza, has already written to the President of the General Assembly, warning that the agency's ability to implement its mandate is severely limited. That was Judy Jacobs in New York. The United Nations Relief Agency for Palestine says tens of thousands of people are desperate for food, water, shelter, health and protection in the Gaza Strip. Despite no place in Gaza being safe from Israeli attacks, they have fled to Rafah in southern Gaza near the Egyptian border. Many have waited for hours around eight centres, but the Israeli attacks have halted the entry and distribution of aid. Philip Crowther has more in Jerusalem. Every day there are further warnings that the humanitarian situation is dire in the Gaza Strip and is getting worse and worse. First of all, nowhere is safe in the Gaza Strip. Hospital records again indicate that dozens of people have been killed by Israeli airstrikes. That includes in areas that should have been safe for civilians, places where civilians had been told to evacuate too by the Israeli military. That includes the town of Rafa on the border with Egypt. You can't escape any further south within the Gaza Strip than Rafa. It's right on the border with Egypt and that is a border that is almost entirely closed. Almost no uh, Palestinians from Gaza are being allowed as refugees into Egypt right now. There are Israeli airstrikes continuously. There's the Israeli ground offensive but then there is also Israel's blockade of the Gaza Strip. This means that a very limited amount of humanitarian aid can get in and very little of it can be distributed within the Gaza Strip. There is a lack of food, there's a lack of of water, there is a lack of basic goods. In the north of the Gaza Strip, tens of thousands of civilians remain uh, in an area where humanitarian aid cannot even get to altogether, an area also uh, where the health system has completely collapsed. That was Philip Crowther reporting in Jerusalem. Turning to Europe, lawmakers in Britain have voted in favour of Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's emergency legislation on immigration, despite pressure from hotliners within his own Conservative Party who wanted the government to scrap the bill. In April 2022, Britain reached a deal with Rwanda, under which illegal immigrants and asylum seekers would be sent to the East African country to have their claims processed there but the scheme has met with resistance. Last month, Britain's Supreme Court ruled that the government's scheme was unlawful. Oli Barad has more from London. 
This was a crucial moment for UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. If he'd lost the vote in Parliament, it would have led to questions about the future of his leadership. But this victory is not the end of the story for him and his Conservative Party, which is divided on this issue. Some lawmakers hope to toughen the legislation as it makes its way through Parliament in the coming months. Other Conservatives say if the plan is toughened any further, it could breach international law and they would have to withdraw their support. The bill voted on by lawmakers seeks to declare Rwanda a safe country to send asylum seekers to and to try and reduce the likelihood of legal challenges. The UK is paying Kigali hundreds of millions of dollars for the agreement, but no flights with asylum seekers on board have left for processing in Rwanda so far. The opposition Labour Party says the plan is a gimmick and would scrap it if it wins the next general election. The government insists the plan could act as a key deterrent against illegal immigration. That was Oli Barat in London. In the United States, official data shows the consumer price inflation cooled further in November. U.S. consumer inflation rose 3.1% last month from a year ago, down from 3.2% in the previous month. Market participants are waiting for the Federal Reserve's latest interest rate decision. Owen Faircloth has more from Washington, D.C. It may be just a fraction, but in the fight to tame inflation, the latest numbers are another sign for policymakers that they're finally winning the battle. Inflation in November dropped to 3.1% on an annual basis from 3.2% in October. And that's largely due to a significant drop in fuel price inflation, down nearly 10%. The average US gas price is now around $3.15 a gallon, but that's nevertheless nearly $2 less than back in the summer of 2022 when inflation was running out of control. The cost of food bought in places like grocery stores is also under control, but the price of eating out rose more than 5%, and the cost of transportation services grew more than 10%. And so it's individual metrics like those that suggest to some policymakers there's still some work to do to chase inflation out of the broader economy. But at just over 3%, core inflation is now near the 2% mark, that the U.S. central bank, the Federal Reserve, targets by raising or lowering interest rates. And that's one reason why many economists expect the Fed to leave interest rates on hold on Wednesday after hiking them dramatically over the past year or so. That's Owen Fairclaw on the latest U.S. inflation figures. In Africa, a team of scientists in Uganda are developing genetically modified mosquitoes to help reduce the spread of malaria. Scientists hope that their work can save thousands of lives every year. Isabel Nakia has more in Kampala. Scientists at the Uganda Virus Research Institute are studying behavior patterns of mosquitoes. They are working on creating genetically modified sterile male mosquitoes. They will then be released into the wild to try to cut the birth rate and reduce the overall mosquito population. The research is currently going through regulatory checks that will allow the importation of mosquito eggs for breeding. The Ugandan team is working alongside scientists from Imperial College London and similar research is taking place in Burkina Faso and Ghana. In 2022, Uganda recorded 5.1% of malaria deaths globally, coming in at number three on the list of worst hit countries after Nigeria 
and the DRC. Uganda is currently running malaria prevention campaigns, including encouraging the use of mosquito nets and indoor residual spraying, but they've not had a big enough impact. The country is also planning to introduce a malaria vaccine for children early next year. Scientists here say it will take years of research before they can make a breakthrough in developing genetically modified mosquitoes, but they are hopeful that their work will not only prevent malaria, but also eradicate it for good. That was Isabel Nakia reporting from Kampala. Turning to Asia, Chinese President Xi Jinping has held talks with Vietnamese President Vo Van Tong in Hanoi and expressed China's willingness to work with Vietnam for the outcomes of the China-Vietnam community with a shared future to benefit the people of the two countries. Earlier during his state visit, Xi Jinping, who is also the General Secretary of the Communist Party of China's Central Committee, met his Vietnamese counterpart Nguyen Phu Trong as the two leaders agreed to build a China-Vietnam community with a shared future that carries strategic significance. Dong Xue has more. Chinese President Xi Jinping earlier laid a wreath at the Ho Chi Minh Mausoleum in the center of Hanoi, showing his respects to this Vietnamese revolutionary leader, also dubbed as the father of modern Vietnam. Well, China and Vietnam are among the five remaining socialist countries in the world. The schedule continued with his meetings with the President Vu Van Shan, the, uh, as well as the Congressional President and the Prime Minister. Well, during his meeting with the General Secretary of the Communist Party of Vietnam uh, Central Committee, Ran Fu Chong, President Xi Jinping, said China regards its relations with Vietnam as a priority in its neighborhood diplomacy. Well, the two sides have announced the new positioning of relations between the two parties and the countries and agreed to build a China-Vietnam community with a shared future. Well, this community carries strategic significance founded on deepening the comprehensive strategic cooperation partnership between the two sides and more than 30 cooperation documents were signed uh, under China's Belt and Road Initiative covering the digital economy, transportation and regional cooperation and experts say that uh, ideologically Vietnam is close to Beijing and it is run by a communist party with strong ties to China and these kind of gestures reflect that Vietnam still sees China as uh, its most important partner. That was Dongxue reporting from Hanoi. Recapping today's headlines, countries attending the UN Climate Conference in Dubai have agreed for the first time on a deal to transition away from the use of fossil fuels. The United Nations General Assembly has adopted a resolution calling for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. And the lawmakers in Britain have voted in favour of Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's emergency legislation on immigration. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine programme. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Chi Thanks for listening.